Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courts at Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer recording, I think, episode 184. On our weekly pod, we are going to be joined later by Zach Tyler, Dominic Neely, and Kyler Staley. We recorded a little bit out of sequence today because they didn't, uh, those guys, we had a shorter window, so we broke up the recruiting stuff. And I'm going to get us updated on that right now. Zach was cranking some of this stuff out today, so a lot of this stuff is is hot off the press. Josiah Gustin, six foot seven, six foot eight inch junior forward from Pendleton Heights, picked up his first Division One offer from Mercer. Uh, Eugene Young, a junior forward from Fort Wayne Northside, picked up an offer from uh, Wabash. As did Jackson Fugate, another six foot four inch uh, forward. Uh, Alex Ellenson, 6'7", 6'8", forward from uh, Northridge, picked up two offers. Picked up offers from Trinity Christian, picked up an offer from Bethel. Xavier Robinson picked up a couple of Division One offers this year, including Coach Rick Patino at St. John's, the sophomore guard. Also picked up an offer from Texas Arlington. Uh, Eugene Young and Jackson Fugit, the north side tandem there, Fort Wayne North tandem. Both picked up offers from Manchester as well. Good to see some D3 schools getting aggressive. Wabash continuing that a little bit, pick, uh, offering Zeke Tanus, Tanus, sorry, Zeke Tanus from West Vigo, the uh, uh, junior guard, lower leading scorer. Willie Miller uh, had a big, big couple of years at, at uh, Lake Station Edison. And definitely this past senior, his senior year as well, picked up an offer from IU Northwest. And then we've got six commitments to talk about. Jaden Pinkston committed to IU East. Uh, Ref Stevenson, or Jaden Pinkston, I'm sorry, is a six foot four, six foot five inch wing from Southport. Ref Stevenson, a six seven center from Hamilton Southeastern, committed to DePaul with a W. Jared Bonds, six foot five inch. Senior from Carmel committed to Goshen. JJ Morris, a six foot six inch wing from Argos, committed to DePaul again with a W. Brandon Escobedo or Escobedo from uh, Lake Central, a six foot four inch forward committed to IU Northeast or IU Northwest. Sorry. And Jake Cherry, six foot ten inch center from Eastern High School in Pekin, down near Louisville, committed to St. Francis. I think we've got a couple of instances in 2023, guys, as the fire truck drives by my window. Perfect timing. I think we have a couple of instances, especially in, in Cherry and, and Bonds, both a little under-recruited. I know Jared had some injury issues this year. Um, would have liked to have seen what he could have done with a full, full healthy season. Uh, Jake Cherry had some Division One interest, from especially from a couple of the service academies. Um, but I think that's something he, I think he was interested in the Air Force situation. Um, but being close to home, never a bad thing. Obviously we all think pretty highly of the Crossroads League and, um, you know, while these guys obviously have goals to play at the highest level possible, it's also important to be in a great fit. So him going to St. Francis is a good fit. He was also looking at IU Kokomo. I think Marion was was involved to some degree. And then he had some schools up north, even into Michigan, that were recruiting as well. So uh, Xavier Robinson, the the, the um, offer from St. John's, I, again, it's always um, kind of like with Sabian Kane when all of a sudden Arizona State hops in there two feet full out, all on board, going after a kid. Same with St. John's going after Xavier. I think a lot of people will project Robinson 
certainly in the neighborhood of being a, a borderline high major guard. Uh, I think the more he is a point guard, the more he's, he's gets shots for others, the, the more successful he will be at that high of a level. Um, you know, and you, you see, we've seen some instances of late in the NCAA tournament um, where smaller guards have been effective offensively. Uh, and, you know, but he's also got some time to develop physically. And he's also super long. So he is, um, he's got a high potential as a defender as well. And I, I think, but overall, his, his, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a fantastic score for the final two years there at Lawrence North. So it's a good, good, good approach for, for uh, St. John's to get involved with him, get involved with him early, get a chance to watch him develop and, and see what else happens with him this spring and later this summer when division one coaches can come out. So I think that kind of gets us all up to date on the recruiting side of it. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll have Zach, Kyler and, and Dominique, and we'll talk about the Indiana All-Star team as well as the six finalists for Mr. Basketball. All right, Kyler Staley, Dominic Neely, Zach Tyler now joining in. Just got done doing the recruiting updates. Uh, we got the Indiana All-Star team that came out about 35 minutes after we published the podcast last week. We got, and then we've got the what the six Mr. Basketball finalists were published. And, and you know, this is something that we kind of say every every year now, the way they do it. We, somebody knows who won. Maybe we should start here. Somebody somebody knows who won. I don't know that it's Kyle, Ned and Rip. This is all his stuff you know, from the Indianapolis star. And of course the Indiana all-star team and Mr. Basketball, by the way, is an Indianapolis star production. Um, but we already, there's already a winner. They're just doing this for their award show next week. And, um, but some people are treating it like this is going to be like a, a secondary vote. Like these are the six guys vote for one of these six guys. And I've seen stuff on social media Hey, come vote. It just has no bearing on the winner whatsoever. No fan votes count, Jim? Nope. Confirmed <laughs> it just to make sure I didn't miss a memo. Oh, man. I did see a bunch of that on social media. Yeah, all I those did too. schools <laughs> pushing votes. and Yes. Vote for our guy. <laughs> I know. But um, Mason Jones making the top. Well, that there were six listed was interesting to begin with. But Mason Jones being in the top six, does that surprise, surprise well, me? I mean, based off how the voting works, probably, I mean, what there is a region guy. It's probably going to be a region guy almost every year, right? Or just because those people over there will probably vote first place for Mason. He'll get a couple of those votes Yeah. where some of those indie guys that are, you know, going to split votes, first place votes or not get any. Uh, like last year, I think the example was Tayshawn Comer and Travis Grayson, where Travis Grayson was on the finalist list because, you know, people in the region were voting him Mr. Basketball and Tayshawn Comer was trying to fight CJ Gunn and Braden Smith. And Yeah, he was probably, probably third on everybody's yeah. ballot yeah so he didn't no, get any which gets you yeah, nothing gets nothing right so that's he that's, may have been second on everybody's ballot which gets you nothing right <laughs> right so that's what i was saying i think you know it's probably going to be one of those guys every year you know maybe it's not from the region but from some type of section of the state where it's like how to you know it's kind of questioning how he's a top six guy type of thing and i saw it's some pretty- of that too he's someone was saying he's not the six but one of the top six players in the state I mean, he's obviously good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how far down the list I would have him. I think we all had him in the top eight, right? I, I'd put him in the, the top eight. I mean, we so we did it when we did our locks. I had eight locks. He was one of them. So that means he's in my top eight. 
couple of you guys, I know one of you guys had nine, maybe, maybe everybody else had nine, but me. Um, but we all list, did we all list Mason? He was not in my lock. I have it pulled up he was right not, here. He was, he was not a lock for me. Okay. I can't yeah, I remember think, off the top of my head. I'm looking at mine. I don't think he was a lock for me either. Oh, I have, well, so, his name's written down, but I don't, I don't know if he's a lock. Wasn't a lock. Okay. Um, of course, Dominique, do you want to advance your theory on how Mr. Basketball should work? Or do we not? <laughs> Trying to remember that conversation. Um, well, I, I think it just depends on. Uh, I know we talked about it before, like guys getting votes. Yeah. Um, you know, you can call it worth. Are they worthy or whatever? I just think if there's really like thirty to thirty-five guys a year on the Mister Basketball ballot that are just kind of like random guys that are just given a vote from their coach or whatever. Um. I think, I mean, if there's really that many votes, I feel like it should just go into, you know, um, have, having a list of guys to pick from, like 10, eight to 10 guys that are voted on by a certain group of people that you vote for, you vote for, you know, just instead of, you know, at least your vote, like those people that are voting for their own guy that it really don't, doesn't have a chance. At least their votes are going into a pool of guys who, you know, it can mean something like if, the guy, you know, we've used the different examples, but, you know, if a school somewhere around Fort Wayne that the kid has no chance of making, you know, being on, you know, Mr. Basketball, you know, the, the votes are actually going towards someone who has a chance or is a worthy candidate, in my opinion. But I don't know. I, I kind of forget kind of the conversation we had. I think it was a few weeks ago, but I think it was just based around having a group like 10 guys or eight to 10 guys that you vote for and, just not everyone can vote for anyone. I think it's just be a list of guys you can vote for. I like that theory. And I don't, but that was the debate. And that's why I wanted you to bring it up because it's, it's okay. Now we disagree with certain things or have different perspectives. I, I, I guess my question would be, so your theory would be have like a small committee to pick the top candidates and then well, vote on those top candidates. Well, and my, my question yeah. would be my, hold on. I'm getting, I'm actually getting to a, a point where, who would be on that? How many people watch as many games? And even if you want to go so far as to live, and that's not necessarily fair to you and Zach because you've got kids. Um, but you watch a ton of games streaming. Zach watches games on streaming. Kyler probably does. Um, when you, you know, I know you watch a ton of stuff for the IU stuff, right? Yeah, Tyler. I mean, I watch a lot of high school when there's not IU basketball going on. I don't watch much streaming. I mean, I do for other reasons besides just website stuff, but who are the guys that go to games enough to make those decisions? Like, it's Kyle. <laughs> I'm going to throw my name in that hat. I'm going to throw Trevor Andershock's name in that hat. Um. To some extent, Shanley, Jeff Shanley, if he, you know, I don't know how many games he gets to these days, but there was a time before he moved to Fort Wayne where he was getting to games and before he had a kid, he was getting the game. Eric Gardner, and then I guess, so Ramsey now probably falls in that category, right, Kyler? Yeah, I'd throw Brandon in there. I mean, he's not, he's not, is the Kentucky stuff, does that take him away from games, the stuff that he does with KSR? Oh yeah, <laughs> does it? I mean, yeah, I didn't know. I yeah, um, Brandon would tell you that too. Well, yeah, and that's and that's fine. It was, but there's still opportunity to get to a lot of games. I mean, I go to 90, 95 games a year, just about. Excuse give me. or take, you know, give or take a few, depending on how many five and six game days there are. Like, I didn't go to Grace this year, so that probably cut four that could probably cut four or five you know i probably went to just like a regular game so that probably cut four or five off my tally this year um it's a pretty small list of people who have seen most of these guys play i mean i know they've got a I, they do have a committee um but i mean it's it's pretty i mean i gotta see it's a pretty small number 
they'd have to expand it. It can't just be coaches. It can't just be local media guys because those dudes don't go outside their area. Coaches don't go outside their scouting purview. I don't see too many coaches catching games casually. They're watching the teams that they play, and by extension, the teams their opponents play. Um, you know, there's certain parts of the states where some of these guys didn't see anybody else play. How many people from Evansville see saw Penn play this year? Probably not many. Probably Less not many. percent. Valpo. How many of them saw Valpo play this year? Less than that. I don't know. And and I guess that doesn't necessarily now I say games live. You you extended the streaming and now that list starts to grow because obviously Dominique, you're cranking out games and Kyler's cranking out some games and Zach adds more games to his his total and you know now you're throwing Nick Baumgarten there because he's probably cranking out as many games as he can and um it's a pretty short list. I but at the same time, it's it's not a perfect process. I mean, it's perfect in that it's objective. It's a vote. It's as democratic of a process as we can have. Um, I come at it like we got two guys that are among the final six who didn't win a lot of games this year. And I value winning. There's no way I'd vote for a guy who was right around 500. Anybody's allowed to disagree with me or speak up or I agree with that. I'm with you. Uh, I value winning. Um, I mean, regardless of the player, I think at the end of the day, if you're winning games and you're putting up numbers while you're winning those games, I think that's huge. Um, and like, obviously we probably know who the two you're talking about. Well, I've been Mason Jones and, and miles Colvin Valpo yeah. was 13 and 14 this year. And, Heritage Christian, I think I would handle this alphabet thing a lot better than I am right now. Um, Heritage Christian, 11 and 12. I mean, that's, and Heritage Christian does not, they, I mean, they're, they don't play a great schedule. They've got some, they've got some good games sprinkled in there. And in fairness, they have some close losses to decent. They lost to Garen Catholic by a point. They lost to Chittard by three. Chittard was playing extremely well that time of year. They lost to University by two. Um, lost to Blackhawk by five. But when you look at the makeup of that, lost to Burbuff by two. Some have said that there's some empty stats late in those games where Bethesda, or Bethesda, I was looking right up there where Heritage Christian had like a comeback late and then fell short. But when you look at the nature of that team, you got a kid that's going to Purdue who is definitely athletically talented and has a, has a, a good skill set to him, but just struggles to win games. And if somebody wants to complain about the people on the team and and things that I've seen on social media in defense of that, I haven't gone too far into the weeds on social media, but a lot of those dudes are guys that play with AAU that were came over later. You know, there, there's... And a lot of that is the reason why they've had some coaching issues, some coaching changes, is because how some of that stuff went down. And some of it's people worried about undue influence issues. Some of it's people who are worried about kids coming in, taking their kids' playing time. I mean, that's that could be a whole different podcast, stuff like that. But those aren't heritage Christian kids that he's playing with. Those are kids that came in because he's there. 
So if they're losing games, it, it can't, they can't complain about talent because those dudes pretty close to hand-picked. Um, you know, over the last couple of years. But yeah, I just the, the winning part of it is what is what I struggle with. I, and and just just for Mr. Basketball, I don't I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't be excluded from an all-star team, but yeah, that, that definitely has to matter winning. I mean, I didn't have Colvin on my lock. But I don't know, I just think with the Mr. Basketball voting, like just voting for your guy, basically it's, you know, out of maybe it's because of like, I didn't see anyone else play that was worthy or whatever, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel like if there's that many votes and now if there's two or three coaches that just vote their guy just because then who cares? But if there's like 30 to 35, I think, you know, if they, if you don't want to have a committee, then just have everyone vote. And then the top eight guys that got first place votes, they're the pool. And then everyone revote that didn't vote for those guys and then vote from those eight. And vote just so those votes are actually could potentially matter. Like if they're just voting for their guy, they're going to get one vote. Like they have that you're not even really participating in the Mr. Basketball vote. It's just a wasted vote at that point. It doesn't really matter. But if you have a if you have a pool of guys that everyone's voting on, now it could matter. Kind of like how they uh, it's kind of like how they determine the AP top twenty five, right? In a way. Um, I well, mean, you all pure you votes. Got, well, I mean, like you got your guys. Obviously, you know. Meet, but to, local media and stuff are going to vote for their guys or whatever or the local coaches for for Mr. Basketball purposes are going to vote for their guys. But I, I really like the idea of having you know your top eight. You know, out of the, all those votes, the top eight who had the most votes, you just revote that group. I, I think that's a really good idea. But how they do the AP top twenty five? No, I don't think oh. so. Uh, it, it sounded better in my head, but um, <laughs> I really like it. I really, I, I just really like that fact that you know you you have your finalists. And you revote based on that, and I just think it takes away from the argument that people have, you know, with how Mr. Basketball works, just because it's, you know, it's a lot more locked in with votes. Well, then I real then I would really have a problem with two guys being on this list that didn't win games. I would definitely have a problem. They they, they shouldn't be. Uh, that that just would be. I mean, you there's got to be at that point. You got to finish five hundred. Or have a super compelling reason for not finishing 500, and, and at least in at least in Mason's case, they've won when he's been there. Yeah, I mean, they were nine, 19 and five his junior year, twenty and six his sophomore year, seventeen and eight his freshman year. He was starting varsity as a freshman by Christmas of his freshman year. Now, if he missed some starts here and there because of whatever, then that's, you know, that's, you know, injury or, you know, or maybe as a sophomore, he had a bad stretch and, and coach Kuhlman sat him, you know, to start a game, but, but he was a consistent presence in the starting lineup since Christmas of his freshman year. Um. And that's not the holding thing against Coleman in that regard. He when he was a freshman at Heritage Christian, they had a bunch of bunch of juniors and seniors. So um but they just never won at Heritage Christian. At, at least Mason Jones has a little bit of a record of winning. They just weren't very good this year. And they got some thumpings. Yeah, they, I think Penn beat them by like a school record or something like that like 40 or 45 yeah i was there for that (laughs) that was front center the carmel game ended up being 13 i mean they lost to gary 21st century by 12 it's not a good loss to a 218 i know they're good but they don't have a bench um yeah just not 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 22 points the monster just some really one of their better games was a five-point loss to chesterton and a five-point loss to hammond central didn't they play chesterton pretty well for most of the game in the sectional i think it was and then i think chesterton well, I think valpo, pulled away at the end well i think valpo led for a stretch yeah 
for a while. Because there was, I was sitting there at Carmel, just like, oh crap. You know, Chesterton's Valpo is going to pull this out because there have been years where, like two years ago, when Valpo was going, it went into a heavy favorite and got got blitzed. It ended up being tighter, but Maryville had him down 18, I think, two years ago before yeah. winning by eight. Yeah. Then, of course, the year before they got through it, they actually did win a sectional. So, but. And then 2020, they they won sectional, but then we didn't have a regional. So it's hard to believe we've had three state tournaments since then. I can tell you where I was, what I what I ordered for lunch, um, and the exact stuff I was saying the instant before we got the word that the IHSA was shutting that bad boy down. Crazy times. I was looking for masks. I was I was going. I didn't care. <laughs> like prepared to sit on the floor away from everybody if I had to. And <laughs> anyway, um, so an interesting question was posed to me, uh, actually by Eric Connor's dad, wondering if if um. He said, would Burton sneak in to win Mr. Basketball because Dowdy and, and um, Booker would split votes? And my reply was, I think we've been playing for second place since December. And the, the question is, is will Dowdy and Booker split votes where Hart finishes second? And... Um, that I thought that was, I got a few few likes on that one, including from him. Like, I don't know how closely he's followed it. Um, I don't think Burton's doing any sneaking. Yeah, I didn't either. But I mean, just the idea of go- going back to the conversation we had back in January, which we talk about the nature of the votes and how votes. And I do want to get to I do want to get to a point before we get too too far away from this topic, but. Um, you know, the nature of the voting is if, you know, people came in thinking, well, Booker was definitely, you know, the favorite coming into this year um, with some skepticism. And, you know, there would be enough guys in the, in the area you know, that would steal votes from him. Et cetera, and so forth. And, you know, you know, if you extend it, you obviously Colvin was going to get votes. You extend it. I, I'd be shocked if Sam Orm doesn't get votes, at least one. <laughs> um, there, you know, your coach, talk about coach making a vote. Um, and I don't know Osborne's disposition on that, but, um, you know, there might even be a couple of other guys around the Indianapolis area who might steal a vote. Uh, but the question would, would Hart sweep the South? And here we have JQ Roberts not being the top six. It tells me Hart swept the South. Agreed. Or Mason Jones got a lot of votes in the region, man. (laughs) I mean. I think it's Hart swept the South. Yeah, I I would put my money on that as well. I wish I could see the total vote count between I him th- and JQ. I do think we get it. I think they do publish the ones where there's it, people get more than one. They used to. Well, once it comes out, once the Mr. Basketball comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that I'm not sure how far, far down the list they go, though. But I bet I can get it. All right, get it. I bet I can get it. I mean, not now. I feel like I'm not, Burton's I'm not gonna get Burton. it. I'm not gonna get it till after the banquet, but I and I don't and, I, and it's not coming from Kyle. It's not gonna come from the Star Wars, but I but I can get it. We need this for the podcast. We, <laughs> just be breaking stuff. All right, so back so go back to the voting style. My 
thought before we we veered a little bit away. What if they did it like the Heisman? You vote for first, you vote for second, you vote for third. That way you can get your guy a vote. But still, regardless of where how you rank him, you know, maybe Mason Jones still picks up the same number of first place votes. But now two other dudes are getting votes from that same guy. And, and who knows? It may have been AJ Lux and Brandon Trilly. Well, here's the problem with that. What would stop a coach from putting three of his guys in there? Well, at that point, you're just silly unless you're Delaney and you've got Booker, Davis, and Tibbs. I think you could be a silly coach and put a guy on there that has no shot. Well, yeah. But, I mean, if you're Delaney and that's your vote, no one's blaming him for that, right? I I effectively had all three of them on there. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's a strong case for him. We need to calm Zach down. Zach's talking too much. Yeah. Getting rowdy. It's getting... <laughs> We've had him on mute this whole time because he wants I don't have up. my video up. I don't have my video up. I'm busy looking at some of the information we're chit chatting about. I'm like, is the hell Zach might even be asleep? Shit. <laughs> what about the, the tiered voting? I mean, Kyle, that's a valid I mean, I guess that's a valid point, but I can't imagine too many coaches would do that. Probably a lot of coaches down south that really don't care. Well, well, you got to specify where south is. South of what? Well, <laughs> south is south anything? is anything <laughs> below the line right of US of US six. South Kokomo. Okay, US anything city, below okay. the line of US six is southern Indiana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys catch the dude that was telling tell, saying that Fort Wayne was in central Indiana? And, and I did was, see that. And it wasn't Ken Fox. By the way, well, Ken sent me a very nice DM and we I don't have anything. I he just he does it every he just he does it every year. <laughs> and if he hadn't banged on Carmel for three years in a row, wouldn't have probably would have ever caught it. He but now it's just like now it's just a yearly shtick where it's like Somehow he he mixes up geography or tries to make it a bigger deal than what it is. But yeah, then but somebody else chimed in and said Fort Wayne's in Central Indiana. I'm like, no, it's not. You're a clown. Stop it. He was he was like, what do he say to to us? It is. I'm like, okay, that's congratulations. Great. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> so that means everything south of Lucas Oil is Kentucky. That's what we that's that. what we think here in Carmel. Everything south of Lucas Oil is Kentucky. I'm going to tweet out the map of Indiana every day. <laughs> just, just, just for my 2,000 followers to see it. Isn't that, isn't that your logo with the new website? <laughs> it, 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 well, it's cursive. It's it's the cursive Indiana logo, but it says Hoosier Illustrated. In case people don't know, I'm not a part of Rivals anymore. So there's your news. Sweet. Good news. <laughs> You are now with Hoosier Illustrated. We let's at the yeah. end of the podcast remind me to make sure we talk about. Oh, no, we don't have to talk about it, but remind me to make sure you get you get to plug it. We'll do. All right, we we blown out this Mister Basketball thing. Think so. All right, who's finishing second, Zach? I can go with Hart. I like that. That makes sense. I like that. Dominique, who's finishing second? Yeah, I would say probably Joey Hart probably has the best best chance. Even though I I I personally would I would like to see Zane Dowdy get second. That's I who I think that. is going to get. That's who I think is going to get second. I could see that too. But I'd like to see that happen. Just with like you said, with the voting, will he split votes with a couple of those indie guys? Maybe I don't know. Just depends how how far it's. It just depends on how far behind. It just depends on how many votes Booker and Colvin soak up. I've seen some stuff on Dowdy this past week or however long it's been that some people are saying like, uh, some people are saying that without those other players, Dowdy wouldn't be this or that, but I, I don't know. 
I think Dowdy definitely allows those guards to be super aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he's the most productive player on the team, rim protector, energy. I mean, he's he was a huge piece of that team, and he was he's the most their, productive on paper. So he's their best defender, period. And so, yeah. No, now Sheridan Sharp is a better defender in space, but Dowdy's not a slouch in space. He gets caught in a matchup or a mismatch, or he gets caught in a switch. He gets caught on the hedge. He can blitz. Back to he can blitz. He can hedge. If he if he gets caught on the switch, he's not gonna get beat in a straight line drive. Yeah, he didn't need think, those. He didn't need those dudes when he's taking it to Flory's chest at all game. No, yeah. that's the, probably the best he's he's finished with his back to the basket all year. Against the best defender in the uh, interior defender in the state, if not the country, which is wild. You know, but, you and know, he's obviously in, trying to stay good. after Kyler. He's obviously trying to stay. Go ahead. No, I was going to say th- throw in how, how much he's improved too. I mean, that's all him. That's not that's not those teammates. I mean, granted they help you know in the game settings. You know, you get in the season, but he's put in a lot of work since his freshman year. And I think we touched on this last week. Maybe I know. I've, I think I've I've said. That, I mean, obviously, Mark Zachary made some nice plays on Burton in the Hall of Fame game. But Burton got to his spots, even against Sharp, even against Clay Butler, both excellent defenders. Sheridan Sharp is always an excellent. He's always engaged. But Burton got to his spots. The guy he couldn't get around was Dowdy. That was the that was the the irresistible force, sort of, or more or less the immovable object. And then what he did to Badunga. Badunga had nine points and seven rebounds when Dowdy was on the bench. <laughs> that was like three minutes. Mm, it was Something four. Like it was four fifty. Okay. No, it was. You know what? It's probably closer to four because Dowdy came in with like forty seconds left. And I was just like, oh, crap. You know, that's pretty gutsy. So, Benunga basically went insane when he was on the bench. Mm-hmm. Nine, point, or nine points and seven rebounds. Good Lord. Give credit to Kokomo for taking advantage of that. They did what they needed to do to get back in the game when they saw Dottie on the bench. Yeah. I mean, it was... I still th- say there's some things Kokomo could have done, but it's all right. Um, all right, all-star team. Oh, wait, I, I I think Dowdy's going to finish second. That's my prediction. But I definitely can see Hart finishing second. That's me hedging my prediction. <laughs> Who's the biggest surprise in the all-star team? I would go Rosh. with. I'm gonna go with Rosh. Rosh. I would say, yeah, he's one of them, and uh, AJ Lux as well. Yeah, those are the two biggest Definitely. surprises. Think it was as simple as Rosh over Brenner. I don't know how. I don't. I really yeah, don't. I don't. I think I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and I think there's just like every year, there's always going to be like depending on the year, but like two or three guys that are, you know, probably not considered locks or guys that are just kind of, there's probably 12 other guys fighting for two or three positions, I would say most years. And, um, and you, you don't know, there's no criteria. I don't think, is that correct? Mm-hmm. There's no, no. Yeah. So, no, and my biggest surprise is almost over, but it's never. Yeah. And, there's no criteria, so I, I don't know. Are these, like, I would say, like you just said, Jim, Almodovar, um, and then the two we've mentioned, Rosh and, and A.J. Lux, you know, those guys that are just plugged in to fit what the team needs. You know, they need a, a wing shooter, a, a versatile defender, um, another scorer on the perimeter. Like, is that what it is? Or I, I don't know. I don't know how, like I said, I, I believe it's probably on Carlisle or his staff. Yep. To finish that roster, so I don't know. There is a there's a team building aspect to it. And again, how the all-star team process works is the vote is passed around to 
media and coaches. I'm I'm glad to get a vote every year. I don't think it's anything that can't be <laughs> passed around on the secondary level, but I haven't done it. Um, I mean, I think guys that see as many games as, as you three do should certainly uh, be in the ballpark of, of getting that vote. I don't, I've just had it for a while. Um, but you nominate 10 people. Your first nomination is your Mr. Basketball vote. And then your your next nine guys are guys you recommend for the all-star team. And I'm sure there's a certain level of correlation between the number of recommendations you get and you making the team. Um, but but how strict they are, they adhere to that remains to be seen. And, I, and like you said, Dominic, there's definitely some team-building aspects to, the, to the, the back part of the roster. You know, I think the questions become is, is this guy worthy? You know, to them, obviously, yes. And then the second question, does he fit what we need? Does he fill a role? Like, you know, all the stuff you just mentioned. I think it's hard to, it's hard to like really um, disagree or be super passionate about disagreeing with some of the picks just because there's no set criteria. Right. Uh, and you don't know if, like I said, you would probably think that some of those guys, those ones we've mentioned, are just to help fill out the, the rest of the team and what they need. So it's like I, I would say Cade Brenner would be worthy, you know, have mm-hmm. more accomplished more over like a guy like A.J. Lux. Um, but then, you know, I would, I would say Northwood probably shouldn't have two guys on the all-star team. Um it- did Ross have a better stat line than Brenner this year? No, no, not point wise. No, uh, I struggle with that. You know that that makes me struggle and question it even more. Well, and so he is you... viewed he is viewed as the better defender. You know that that much. Um, you know that you know that that could be one aspect of it, and and again, it could be. On one hand, you say it could be positional, but then, you know, Almodover makes it. Uh, to me, that's just, I was I was just surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it wasn't, you know, Hayes, grandson of Billy Keller. I don't know if that plays a role or not, but, I mean, to me, that's one of those deals you do. Again, I go back to winning. If if there was a lot of winning. I mean, that Noblesville had a good year. They were sectional champions. But, but, um, hold on. I'm pulling up stuff here. I mean, Gage Sefton. Gage Sefton, too, yeah. is the name we mentioned. But as a, as a junior, Noblesville, he was 13 and 11. As a sophomore, he was 11 and 11. And as a freshman, he wasn't on the varsity. So it wasn't like he had this extensive career of winning games like Gage Sefton. There's no question in my mind Gage Sefton should have been on the all-star team with the way things played out. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, the biggest omission. you know, no, no question he's the biggest snub. You know, and you could discuss. I mean, look, Noblesville might play a tougher schedule, but I think Blackhawk plays as tough of a schedule as they can, where they, you know, for what they are. Yeah. A two A school. They play all the big boys in Fort Wayne. Yep. They travel to play other good teams. Won a couple state titles while he's been there, right? Won a couple state titles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, normally, you know, we have this exercise, or I have this exercise, and I think you guys have sort of glommed onto it too, or bought into it. If we're going to name names, we got to take somebody off, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's where I would start. And it, and again, it's Luke. He had a good year. 
And he was really good in the sectional final. Um, but they and didn't. Gage, they didn't. Gage was really didn't, good in the state final. <laughs> yeah, Gage was really good in the state final. They didn't win anything before this year. <laughs> I just think stuff like that matters. It should matter more. Um, and I get it when you're in a room full of when you're uh, among your peers and you're. If if it wasn't their guy, they would be talking about yeah, does he win enough? You know that would be. I don't know. It just seems like we've got some pretty average careers from a win loss perspective. <laughs> I mean, I would put. Jones had better team success than Almondover. Mason Jones. You're saying throughout the yeah throughout high throughout school throughout his throughout his prominent you know his prominent varsity years. I'm talking about sophomore, junior, senior. And I don't hold it against the kid. Like I don't hold it against you know Luke that he wasn't a varsity player as a freshman. Or if he was, he didn't see a whole lot of minutes. I don't you know that's. It's hard to play varsity as a freshman down here. Um, I was surprised that Lux made it, but he wouldn't be one that I would say. He wouldn't be one that I would say that. Um. You know, you you remove him to get somebody else on there. I'd keep I'm, him on. I think. I'm surprised Ned and Rip didn't mention Gage Sefton in his snubs. So he was snubbed from the snub list. Wow! <laughs> Come on, Kyle. Get Kyle on here. Let's get Kyle. I want an explanation on that. He had and to then be on that that bottom. He had another. He was. He was ten more. You could okay. make a case for Amari Carson, J- Jermaine Coleman, AJ Dantzler, Cooper Farrell, Jamie Hodges, Jalen Mullen. So now we're just naming everybody in the state. Okay. Well, no, but I think Jalen Mullen and Gage Sefton. Who, who are on the ten? The, I mean, how does again? How does Jalen Mullen with? You look at okay. How's Jalen Mullen not on this team? If I mean, what's he got to do? It's either got to be Jalen Mullen or Gage Sefton, because they they all they each have individual stats. They each but they each won a hell of a lot more games. And maybe I'm a Carmel guy picking on Noblesville. I don't know, but is there a chance that those guys make the All Star game if there's a few guys that drop out? Well, I mean, I don't know that a few are going to drop out barring an injury. There might be one. There might be two. I was going to say one or two. I mean, we've seen it in the past. I would bet there's – I would say there'll be one. And Sefton jump on there maybe. I thought they would – we've talked about before, but just having – represent any kind of the regions of the state. You know, Fort Wayne, there's no one represented. I've always thought uh, that was part of it. Yeah, so that's why I, I would have thought Sefton would have made it, especially if them winning state and him having a really good year, really good showing at the state finals too. Especially him winning state um, again. Yeah, without um, without Caleb first. I'm not. Was he on that team? I'm not sure. He if he was, I'm not sure he played. He was on it, but he didn't play a ton. But still. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he I, I I thought he would have made it. But yeah, outside of him and Fort Wayne, the twenty twenty three class was wasn't very strong. Well, it's just deep. It's just not laden with stars. I mean, I was telling people when he was five foot two inches tall as a seventh grader that AJ Lux was going to be a damn good player. But, you know, it's because I know his dad's six nine and I didn't think AJ was going to be five two forever. 
You see his hair in this picture and this uh yeah, it's as good as it's ever looked. Jeez. Shaggy. <laughs> it's better than that thing that kids are doing now where it looks like they've got a dead squirrel on top of their head. He's talking about like the highball bald fade or whatever. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Where where it comes down, it's like all bushy in front of their eyes and it's high <laughs> oh, and tight in the oh, back. Oh, I mean, we could now. They're going to look back between that and the short shorts again. They're going to look back and they're going to be like, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, that that's kind of ugly. Uh, I know nothing about Kentucky's All Star team, so I don't know how we're going to fare. I think they actually have a a good. I've heard. I would assume Reed Shepard's on there, right? Yeah, Reed Shepard. Yeah, I mean, who, Kentucky's. They're just. Is is DJ Wagner from Kentucky? He's in New Jersey for high schools basketball. Oh, so yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, so he fine. wouldn't be. Yeah, you got to be part of the the Kentucky High School Association. Well, I know Reed Shepard's on there, so I mean he's he's good enough. I guess that means he made the tryout because if you don't, they have a, they have an actual. Well, at least okay. This is the last time I paid attention to it, they had an actual. They have actual tryouts, and if you can't make the tryout, then you're not on the team. And you know they do this stuff during spring break. Imagine that. So a lot of times they don't get guys on the team because those dudes don't make the tryout. What's the what's the streak? Indiana's won. I don't know if there's a streak. I think Kentucky might have got one in the, in there, but oh no, Indiana's I'd have to Indiana's won a, a, a ton. Streak. I think there's a big streak. Could be. I just know we've won a ton, and some of these haven't been competitive to the to the effect of people talking about ending it, playing other teams. Yeah. Um. So they don't have the scores. They have all of I can't the, find the Kentucky All Star team. Indiana, mm -hmm. Kentucky All Star game. Well, we're doing that. Didn't we talk about Tibbs? Tibbs being on this is a lock for all of us. Yeah, he but he, get a spot. And and I get Brandon's point. I they've only time they've ever done that is for injury. Josh Spidell. Yeah. Who would Jaylen have made it, who would have made it if he didn't get hurt? I mean, it's just Yeah, Jalen Washington. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's I get like Ramsey's sentiment, you know, and at least it was brought up that they asked him to be on it and he just couldn't do it. Indiana has swept the two game series every year since 2009, with the exception of a double overtime loss in 2017. Okay, so we're not. So the streak was broken. It wasn't like 18 straight games at one point. It would have been something like that, yeah. This was a 2021 article. Okay. But it was 100 to 44, Indiana, 100 wins, Kentucky 44 yeah. wins at that time. So. Domination. It yeah, it hasn't been super competitive in recent history. All right, well, we probably don't have enough time to get too deep in the coaching part of this, do we? Some of the, we got some really good jobs still open. Well, we've really, up to this point, we've only had one of the big jobs filled, right? New Albany? I think so. Craig, yeah. Coach Teagle, Craig Teagle from Huntington North. So that's going to open up Huntington North now. This is the coach, uh, with uh, no offense to assistant coaches, this is the coaching carousel we want. <laughs> we want a bunch of head coaches changing jobs. We don't we don't want these stop gaps. We want chaos. <laughs> it is a strange fit, Teagle to New Albany though. Yeah, I agree with that. I heard 
New Albany has some talent coming up, potentially. Heard Coach Shannon talking about it. I mean, he will he will work a whole program system. And he'll have some help with that with Matt Dennison. Um it'll be like when when Mark James took Ben Davis. You know, he was gonna let up the reins a little bit, and he did. And they won a state title. So right? Did they win a state title? Don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Screwing that up. They did. Oh, they won one. Yeah. They did. Twenty seventeen, I think. Yeah. It's North Side. And yeah, you know, Aaron Henry, that group. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and when um, I mean Coach Teagle, they they play games in the you know forties and fifties, thirties, thirties. I mean, he's a he's a excellent coach from a tactician standpoint, from a getting kids better standpoint, getting the most out of them. But but New Albany likes to get up and down now. They got a passionate fan base too, so they do, and they have a sweet gym. Been in their gym? Oh yeah. You been in the catwalk? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've been in the catwalk. I love the catwalk. That's a great. It's an interesting view. Zach, Dominique, you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I've never been there. Their media seats are above the court. It's a catwalk from wall to wall. So you walk out, you are effectively over the third or fourth row of the bleachers straight up. Pretty sweet. So if you are afraid of heights, you are not sitting there. <laughs> and I am not afraid of heights, so no problem. It's an interesting view. I did leave there once with a tremendous neck ache, though. <laughs> That was no good. That, was that in the Romeo years? No, it was. It would have been a long time ago, back when I was pushing migraines out on a biweekly basis. That was a struggle bus home that night. I never went to New Albany when Romeo was playing. I was always obviously at Bedford when New Albany would come to town. Yeah, I got I got down there a few times, but that's a little regret that I have that I didn't actually go to New Albany when he was there. So what next time? So this time next week, will we know? I don't. What's in the nineteenth? We, we still won't know, Mister Basketball, because that's then next Wednesday. Is it the nineteenth? Yeah. So we still won't know. Yes, supposedly. Okay. So we still won't know who Mister Basketball is next time we record. So next week, maybe we'll get a little deeper into the um, coaching moves. We'll get a little bit deeper into. Be nice if we had some actual. I mean, I'm sure by now, by then, we'll have some interesting coaching fodder. I mean, right now, what it's the word on the street is Jason Delaney's at least inquired into, into Mount Vernon. That would be definitely a headliner. That it's would definitely be it. Yeah, the rumor list. Anybody who wonders some... what Dominique? No, go ahead. I was going to change the topic quick. Go ahead. I was going to say, anybody that wonders why Delaney would, would leave Cathedral to go to Mount Vernon, sometimes the issue is how a state, how a public school handles pensions. It's, it's a little bit more job security. It's a little bit more uh, future looking. I don't know. I don't know what um, Cathedral's benefit packages are, but typically public schools have better benefits than private schools, even though Cathedral is not parochial. Public schools definitely have better benefits package than parochials on the average. Ron Colley might be a little different, but but I remember when Bob Busher left Andrean in the late in the late mid to late nineties to go to Chesterton. It was simple. It was benefits. Better pay and benefits. And plus he knew with his son coming up he could win anywhere with, with Brett. So going to Leaving Andrean wasn't going to be 
too big of a sticker shock when it comes to winning and losing because Brett was good. Definitely not a not a shortage of young talent at Mount Vernon right now. No, no, and but that would be the one thing though. So that would be the. I mean, Delaney's moved around a little bit, and I don't blame him. But if if I'm Mount Vernon, I want to get somebody in there that's going to be there. That's not just looking to milk it for the next three years. Because they've also got a couple guards in their JV that are pretty good too. Freshmen. I mean, they got five really good freshmen there. The only thing they lack is size. I don't know what they've got underneath them. The, The class ahead of them, they just talking about Juju Smith, we're talking about um, Ertl, the younger Ertl, who I think is a little bit better than Michael at the same age. Talking about Romani Wells, who was a part-time starter this year. And then they have two other freshman guards on their JV. And they have a, a sophomore that's good, uh, Tanner Teschendorf. And they've got a nice stable of young guys there. And I, but if I was Mount Vernon, I'd want to know, you're going to come here and be here for a decade or I mean, obviously, you can't ever tell the future, but maybe even longer. I think Mount Vernon's getting to a point from a community standpoint, from a school growth standpoint, and from an open and, and plus it's open enrollment there. Uh, that that can be a destination job. You live in Fortville. Fortville's cool, cool place to cool place to be. But I don't, you know, I don't know what his motivation for leaving Cathedral would be if if it's legitimate. We don't, you know, sometimes this stuff gets thrown around just because, you know, just because you call and inquire about a job doesn't mean you're, you know, you're definitely going to be interested in taking it once you hear, you know, what the, what the, you know, what the parameters are. Dominique, what was your change of subject? Oh, I was just going to say, you might have some things to talk about next week with the indie ball coming this weekend, maybe. Yeah, we'll be able to talk about some guys. Um, Kyler, what are you doing next week? Um, man, no, I this weekend. Oh, this weekend? Uh, I don't know. It's up in the air. Dominique, Zach, are you guys going to Fort Wayne to watch? Soccer. <laughs> I, I'm soccer. <laughs> I doubt I'll be up there. I'm not sure. See the team list first. Yeah, I'd rather see that first. I'm not, I don't I think there's a couple good events in Fort Wayne, definitely the Run and Slam yeah. in about a month. But and there might be another one, but outside of that, nothing crazy to go to. Yeah, I'm up in the air on that one. I might be going. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely be there. Time to watch some games, not coaching this year, so might be a good first event for me to get, you know, shake the, the rust off a little bit. Be the little weird guy at the end of the court on the floor. <laughs> All right, guys, anything else? Dom or Kyle, you want to talk about what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, there's not really much. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm big so news. It is, I guess, yeah, it's pretty big news. So, yeah, um, I am no longer with Indiana Rivals or thehoosier.com. I've decided to join Alec Lasley um, with his new website that he started, Hoosier Illustrated. Um, got a lot of stuff up already and everything, and it's been a pretty good first month so far with it. So, um, you know, I'm still doing the things that I'm doing. I'm still covering recruiting pretty hard, still covering IU basketball, may venture into some IU football. We don't know yet. But uh, other than that, I'm still part of Prep Hoops Indiana. So not really much has changed from a job point. I just have a, you know, I'm working for a different place, so pretty exciting. Not gonna lie, it's a it's pretty exciting, and it's awesome to see it grow so quickly so far. Hoosierillustrated.com, right? Yep. Who's well, you got a little? You got a little bit of stake in this, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I will so say. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I, I'm like I said. I'm pretty excited. All of our stuff's free right now. So uh, if you're an IU fan and you're listening and stuff, and you want to check out some recruiting news and. You know, certain updates that are going on. Alex got a bunch of stories that he wrote. I'm, I'm starting to 
crank out some stories too. So um, we got a lot of good stuff and we're really going to grow this thing. And it's going to be, uh, I feel like it's going to be really successful down the road. Very cool. Zach, we're going to start our girls indoor soccer, soccer website. Dude, we're outdoor now. <laughs> outdoor. Oh my. It's big time. <laughs> You get to scare Dominique away from that stuff when his as his kids get older. Shoot, we had a basketball practice tonight, and then we went to soccer. Sorry, we went to soccer practice tonight, and then we went to basketball right afterwards. Jeez, I got soccer starting next next month, Jim. May <laughs> three year old playing with the five and six year olds. Let's go. There you go. There you go. Play them up. Play them up. Play them up. I can confirm on my end, no soccer. No soccer on my <laughs> end. <laughs> At least not. Gotta get not, that. Gotta get that footwork down early. Yeah, it's true. You know, you could do for that is tennis. No, ta- no toe bashing. Yeah, <laughs> no toe bashing. All right, boys. Good job. We'll uh, we'll we'll schedule a time next week and talk. We'll, we'll actually maybe get to talk a little bit about AAU event. I mean, if nobody else goes to it, I mean, you guys are gonna have to ask ask me questions. I guess I don't know. Well, I have questions. Oh, yeah. oh questions. Have questions. Plenty of questions. Nice. All right. All right, boys. Good job. Thanks. Later.